Don't get me wrong. There was a time in my life where I eat, live, breathe architecture. It was my thing. And it took me, after I got out of it, it took me a long time to even open up a design magazine. I didn't want to look at new houses. I just like, no. But now I am more looking back. I mean, still, I'm just obsessed with houses. I can't stop it. But with art, I mean, to me, everything in my life is art. It's like spying beauty everywhere, you know, and in school, we had to take some artistic classes and read artistic books like The Ways of Seeing by Berger. That book changed my life. And so from that day on, when I was 17 or 18 and I read that book, that's just kind of been my motto, you know, spying beauty. Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Welcome to Windowsill Chats. I am so glad you're here with me today. Today, I bring you a really wonderful chat with my friend, Tony Santos. She is an artist nearby me in Seattle, although I think I've only met her in person one or two times at an event we were both attending pre-pandemic. But I remember meeting her and thinking, who is she? She's got style and flair, and she is just a delight. In her words, Tony is an artist that works in a little cottage studio in Seattle. And her company is named Baby Buddha Studio. So here's that story. When she was a tiny baby, she contracted the chicken pox and cried and cried. Her father cradled and rocked her for hours to console her and said, don't cry, Baby Buddha. Don't cry. So Baby Buddha, Tony, illustrates and paints in her whimsical and loose style with pencil and watercolor. Storefronts, portraits, and beloved images of everyday ordinary life are the subjects for her art. These paintings are then used for cards and other handmade products. Watercolor creativity workshops in her studio are one of her highlights. And I think you'll see by this conversation, we just kind of toss around the ideas of what it's like to just do what you love, be able to change your mind, go after the things that really matter. These are, you know, reoccurring themes in these conversations I have, but each one turns out completely different based on the person and the story. And I just want to remind you, yours is different too, your path. But may you find a little, I don't know, gem every once in a while that you can say, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far. And without further ado, here is Tony. 
Tony Santos. So excited to have you here with me today. Thank you very much. Well, this is exciting. Thank you. You were funny because I said, do you want to be on the podcast? And you're like, what? Who, me? Yes. We are all creative, you know, mysteries with things to share. So that's the part that I think is fascinating. Give me a little background. Because you're one of those people. So I first saw you, I think, I do believe I met you at the Lisa Congdon book signing at Elliott Bay Books. Yes. A long time, same time I met Shauna Ahern. That was a while ago. I know we, um, I think, well, I knew who you were because of uh, the Lilla stuff, mm-hmm. Make Art That Sells. And you probably just knew me from my, just the name. From your name. Yeah. Yeah. From always chatting on that thing. I, I was like, who's chatters. this fabulous looking person with the cool glasses and the great style? So, there <laughs> yeah, you go. Okay. Uh, um, Plus, we kind of live near each other, although you wouldn't know it. Yeah. I mean... A ferry right away seems like, you know, let's fly to New York. (laughs) (laughs) Someday we ought to do that. (laughs) That would be a blast. I'm dying to go back. I know. See a couple plays. I know. Someday, someday, someday we'll get there. So tell me your, tell me a little bit about your path. Did you start out want knowing you wanted to do something creative? What'd that look like for you? Did you have creative parents? I haven't asked that question in a little while. Oh, well, you know. I was always dabbling in something from a very young age. And my father used to always draw for me on like a piece of paper. He goes, look, I'm going to draw something. And he would draw women, (laughs) you know, because I guess that's what he liked to draw. And I just looked, you know, like sort of like the comic strip, you know, Archie characters. He would draw those. And I would go, oh, okay. With ink. He always did blue ink. It was his kind of thing. He was very skilled. And then he said, you should learn how to, how to draw only letter in capital letters because he goes, everyone can always read it. Well, he, little did he know where that would lead me because, (laughs) but I think I was about six or seven and I had a make-believe, very big make-believe life. Like I, pretended I was a priest and had an altar set up in my bedroom with, you know, my mother's salt and, vin- you know, vinegar oh gosh, water things, you know, from the salad thing. And yep. all the wine, we had wine goblets. So I took those in there and said, you know, Domini, Domini. I, I mean, I was so weird, but anyway. <clears throat> Sounds pretty I, fascinating. Well, it was very mysterious to me and I just play it. Yeah. You know? it, yeah. It was mysterious. It is mysterious. And then there was this big field behind our house with these slabs left over from old war houses in a field, you know, where, in the, where was this? It was in Kitsap County. Okay. And so it was like, you know, there's a lot of military housing over there that had been, or the people that were working in the shipyards and they were war houses. And so there were all these things. So they must've fallen down. And so it was just like these, floor slabs that were like sort of in shapes so I would take chalk and draw the floor plans in there oh my god it was my favorite thing that is so cool yeah so I that was kind of my thing I never played Barbies but I made the floor plan on the carpet you know with the chopsticks and the yeah face claws folded into couches I mean you know (laughs) so I did that kind of thing and I ended up being an architect when yeah. if I knew there was art school, I would have gone to art school. Interesting. So you already writing in capital letters and drawing floor plans. So you're halfway there. 
So when you say if, if I knew there was art school, like, so you would have chosen not to be an architect? I have no idea what I would have been. I agree. Because I, I feel the same. I taught myself everything, everything. I mean, I went to the drugstore with my allowance and whatever they had there, I would buy and, and try out. Like they had watercolor paints in tubes. One, I think I was in fourth grade. I'm like, what are these? so I went home and I painted rocks with watercolors but you know it didn't work but I just used the thick watercolor tubes and just did it that way and I just kind of won it you know yeah winged it yeah um charcoal I did the same thing I was always fascinated by that stuff Mm. and um so it sounds like you were very tactile too from an early age like curious about making you know, what you could use to express yourself creatively. Well, yeah. And we weren't rich, you know, I was the eldest of five pretty much left alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're fine. Go do whatever you want. <laughs> and I really wanted um, a desk one time I remember. And so we didn't have a desk for me. So I had a bureau of drawers, a high boy, I guess you call them mm-hmm. for interviews. And I said, well, I don't need all these clothes. So I compressed all my clothes, took out the drawer, turned it upside down, put it in, found a chair, and I had a desk. Oh, my gosh. Furniture builder and architect. Well, I was just like always inventing and always like creating events for the neighborhood kids. Like Mm -hmm. I had a tent that I made and had a magic show in there and charged five cents, you know. I had carnivals that I set up and they had to come in and pay me money. And for like their like candy that I bought for a penny, I charged five cents. <laughs> I love that. Make parades, put flags in there, put cards in all the spokes, you know. Oh, yeah. And had everybody go single file down the street with me in the oh middle of the gosh. street. I would be leading it with my big stick. I mean, I was kind of a tomboy, so- you know. Oh my gosh. I wish I, I wish I could love to find an old movie of that. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> it's very weird. I was very much like Beezus and Beezus and Ramona. Yeah. Oh. Or Ramona, whichever one was Ramona. You were I Ramona. was Ramona. Yeah. That's it. Where it's where that's an excellent children's book. I'll reference that. And if you haven't read it, everybody <sighs> should. Well, Beverly Cleary, she was a god to me. And you know, oh, I was selling toys down in Portland, you know, going to my appointments. And there was the Beverly Cleary Elementary School. Yes, it is. Right. There. You don't think about people like that actually being from an actual place. You Where know? we are, you know, right. like we could actually see them. And I was just like, cha-ching, taking pictures, you know, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Beverly Cleary. So I was a voracious reader because I was very quiet. In all of this, you would think that I was very boisterous, but I yeah. was very, very quiet. I just wanted to do things and just, you know, I had to like say, you know, come on kids. Cause I was used to babysitting and stuff. So I could usually tell all the kids what to do. And then I would clean up and go to my book, you know? Right. Oh, I love that. And, and but that was the time too. And that was our escape. You know, we got in trouble for keeping the light, you know, the flashlight yeah. on under the covers and reading too much. Ugh, if I got <laughs> in so much trouble all the time because I was always reading, hiding, yeah. you know? Yeah. Hiding in a nook, you know. Where are you? Why aren't you doing the dishes? Folding the clothes? Doing oh the gardening? She's reading again. 
Yeah. I know. Oh, well. So you got a degree in architecture and then what? I worked for my whole life. I was in Boston and I was living there and I couldn't afford to come home. I was born here in Seattle. I couldn't afford to come back for Christmas and stuff because, you know, architects to get paid. I think I was getting paid $6.50 an hour back in the day. Yeah. And I couldn't afford to come home because I had to pay my rent. So one year, one Christmas, I or Thanksgiving and Christmas, I went to the library. Oh, no, no. I bought a tube of what those tube of watercolor paints, you know, Sakura watercolors, because they were the cheapest. Right. And I got some scraps of paper at work because there was always end papers. And I listened to jazz, which was my favorite thing, read poetry and painted abstract as much as I could. I had the only paintbrushes I could afford were house paintbrushes. Right. you know, the little throwaways. Yeah. So I did big strokes and all, it was just like the most, I think the most exciting time, even though, you know, yeah. for Christmas dinner, I had, I don't know, salami or something. Right. And then um, oh. I decided I really liked them. And some other architects around me, they were having a baby, they were older than me. And so they needed a nursery picture and they bought one. Oh wow. I went, oh, you're actually buying this? So I went to the library and I took out, I went to the art section, which I never did. And I pulled out all these books that, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It was like Rothko and Motherwell and um Sam Francis and Diebenkorn, you know, these just, yeah. and you know what? They were all from the Northwest like me. Mm-hmm. And I started getting a little woo-woo. Yeah. Because that's how my paintings kind of looked like Motherwell, but in miniature form. Wow. It was bizarro. So that got me interested. It's like, why am I an architect? You know? Huh. And so I, that was I, a big aha moment. You just hadn't even that hadn't been in your no realm my, of consciousness. My parents wanted to be a, wanted me to be a legal secretary because you know, I took three years of Latin and I could type a hundred words a minute, you know, and I could look things up. I was yeah. pretty smart, but I forced myself to go to college. I, I did it all, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. So then you went from architecture to sales. Well, did, did you keep I went painting? From architecture for like 25 years, Okay. 20 years. And then, um, the recession hit Mm. and I got laid off and the people that the architects that didn't stay in their projects, my projects all got shut down. So what kind of architecture were you doing? Like if, were you doing the kind of architecture you wanted to do? I guess I should ask. Well, no, I had a job basically. (laughs) I I love doing my specialty is cottages. Oh, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And I've been doing cottages my entire life off and on, you know, like I did a whole village in Nantucket. Oh so gosh. that's like my vernacular. And I did the cottage, this cottage that I'm in and oh. I do cottages for people, you know, backyard stuff, which oh my gosh. Okay. I love this. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. It's still a, a kind of a grind, but anyway, I was doing mixed use, which uh-huh. was, okay. you know, stores on the bottom. Right. Five and there's so up. much of that. And I was in the height of that at the beginning. Mm. And then um, they all got shut down. And then when they were hiring people back, well, they didn't. They hired, mm. my level was sort of project management. 
the principals took over that job and then the other people did the drafting. And so there was nowhere for me to go. You know, I was like too old and I went, well, well, so my friend who was a sales manager for, you know, toy, a toy company, Mm -hmm. she had several companies that were asking her to be a sales manager and sales managers, you know, it's like they find the reps in wholesale. They manage the reps. They do all the sales and all the channels of trade. Yep. Key accounts, that kind of stuff. Well, I'd never done it. And she said, you know what? Somebody's asking me. And the only person that I know would be you. I go, me? I know nothing. She goes, yeah, but you're really smart. I think you should do it. I go, okay, I'll do it. You know, why not? Yeah. So I flew to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I'd never been to Atlanta. I flew to Atlanta, got a hotel room, and I interviewed with a person before I came there to do to do this small toy line, toy line, and it was a special needs sort of line. Okay, for autistic children. Okay. And I said, and they said, well, you know, you're an architect. We don't think so. You know, huh. you don't have any sales experience. I go, well. I've only I've been selling my ideas for I've been pitching for years, you know. It's like if you don't like this toilet, no problem. We'll do another one, you know. So um I just thought, oh well, I'll just go down there anyway and just walk the halls and see what I can learn. Yeah. They found out that I was going down there and they sent all the stuff to my hotel. What? Okay, so going down there to the gift show? Yeah, they wanted me to pitch. Oh my gosh. So they said no. They said you're you're only an architect, quote unquote. Yeah, you're not. Qualified. And then they found out you were going to the Atlanta gift show. So my whole letter pitch, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, game on. So I, you know me, I like know nothing, and I know my friend pretty well, and so I kind of walked around with her a little bit. So I start on the top floor, you know, the A lines. <laughs> and I go to the big showrooms, you know, Dara and all those people, yeah. and I go, hey can I talk to you about a line? Oh yeah, sure. And I would just talk to them. And it was a special needs line. They had no idea what it was and how it was, uh, you know, the physical therapist and all those people wanted to get it to the parents so yeah. they can implement these things at home and put them in the toy stores. Right. Anyway, I went to every floor, every rep and may should get it off the ground. And then other people, I went to the temporaries, got a whole bunch of uh, temporary, you know, small companies. So I was like a sales manager too many. At a so you went, you went pushing this toy line, but gained other lines to represent. I had at five the lines by the end of that show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So for those of you, I've spent the mo- a giant part of my life at gift shows, especially that one at a showroom there, etc. So I'm just, just you saying that I'm just picturing that takes a special person. Tony takes a special person. <laughs> well, it takes a very ignorant person with, you when know, was this? um, let me see 14, maybe 12 years ago, wow. 13 years ago. I don't know. 11 so was it all ago. toys that you were representing? No, I did a big card line. Um, it was a New Yorker card line. Well, that was a couple of years later. I met the guy in Dallas who happened to be my ex-boyfriend's cousin. Oh, there you go. A huge, you know, 
So um, he goes, yeah. I go, you know what? You need a sales manager. You can't do this on your own. And he goes, yeah, okay. I'll hire you. Seven lines, you know. Wow. (laughs) I was pretty busy. And then, you know, sales started to drip and we weren't getting, I couldn't justify charging my clients, you know, even though it was a small monthly salary. Yeah. All that money, if they weren't even getting so they were tiny little companies you know mm-hmm. jewelry company and really cool stuff but because I, I was very discerning I you know yeah it's fun too I mean I, that's basically what I did really it was fun. fun and you know those escalators you know go up for yes. those switchback I would have by the by the next show all the reps all the uh what do you call the principals would see me like on the up floor and they would be coming down like on the <laughs> they go and they go, what do you got in your bag? I go, I got a lot. So they'd meet me on the next floor and they go, what do you got? I go, well, I have this line. I have this line. I have this line. Oh, really? And I go, and I saw this and saw this. So they go, okay, if you are their sales manager, we'll go take a look, yeah. you know? So I go, well, I'm not sure. He goes, well, we'll influence them if they want to go with us. They need to go with you. So they would meet me at the temps. We go, I mean, and to this day, they don't know my name probably, but they remember my email, which is still my weird email, Sushi Sister. So, you know, if you go to any show in the, in the country, they go, Hey, Sushi Sister. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, it really is because the, the, um, the people you meet. So I feel like gift, so gift shows, at least in the States and it's similar. I mean, I've been to Maison and things mm-hmm. like that, but whatever level you are, you're a designer, you're a sales manager, you rep, you're a company, a maker. somebody yeah. or other, a maker, whatever. And you're all there doing something similar, but different to the person next to you. And you, you realize quickly that you have so much in common with these people because you're all fighting the same fight and struggling the same struggles and, and having the same joys and wins at the same time. And it's just a great, it's a great family. And, and even if like, you've never met that person next to you, you all immediately have something in common because you're all figuring it out, you know? Well, you know, and from those relationships, I have gleaned friendships, you know, really good ones and then connections just mm-hmm. doesn't stop. I mean, Mm-mm. I was at Maison Objet in September for my job, toy job. And I ran into a couple of people I've known over here at the gift shows. And now I'm working with them in my baby Buddha business. Uh-huh. You That's see how right. that works? It's yes. because, hey, I'm getting paid to do this job, but we can always talk about me. You know, well, the overflow is, well, it's, you start to think, Hey, wait, I should be doing something with this information. It would be like, every time I would go to China and, and visit a factory that was, you know, they were making what we wanted them to make, but over here, they were doing this little experimental thing. And I'd be like, what's that? I can start a whole business with that. And then you're going, what can I put together? You know, exactly. I'm just an armchair manufacturer. I just can't help myself. You know, nothing wrong with that. So, okay. So you're still now selling things. Yeah. I'm still in the biz. I'm, I work at a toy store that used to be my, my customer. Mm-hmm. He lives right down the street where my, the owner of the store lives on the same street as oh, me. Oh, cool. 
So we just walk up there and we meet and I'm his assistant buyer, so to speak, which I have been for free for like eight years, you know? So now I'm getting paid for it. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Plus I didn't realize how much I love to sell. And I am like, it's my clubhouse. The whole neighborhood knows me. They come in, I sell them tons of stuff and I go home. Um, And it helps fund my baby Buddha business. Yeah, and then, and then I was, I did a brief hiatus as another sales manager for a toy company uh, for a year, but I just quit in January. And now I'm going to be a part-time small lot, small group of lines rep for the Northwest for some Frenchie toys. Oh, that's so, exciting. So yeah, you, you've got your finger on the pulse of, yeah. of that. Yeah. And I don't know why it's just so, I can't. I guess I'm addicted because well, I fun. can't extract myself. You're meeting interesting people. You're traveling. You're seeing people creating new things and having new ideas. And you get to feed into that in several different ways. And I think, why not? Yeah, yeah, it's fun. So but- I love that. So so tell tell us a little bit about Baby Buddha. You mentioned it. Baby Buddha Studio. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that again. Baby Buddha Studio. And what that is and what that looks like for you. Well, at first, when I was in that showroom in Atlanta selling a card line, you know, that I, of New Yorker stuff, I was in a um, a stationary showroom, you know, that only sold cards. I'm like, gee, this is kind of boring, you know. <laughs> and then I started looking at all the cards and realizing, well, there's some good ones here. And, you know, Mary Mary just happened to be in that showroom, which went oh, open yeah. my whole world. It was almost like, you know, oh my gosh, I'm born again. Yeah. Um, Cause they do so many different things with paper than, yeah, than, just, than just a card. It was. Yeah. And I was obsessed. I couldn't even get over there. I was too shy to even ask to look at a catalog. I was, you know, I was pretty shy. So I thought, well, I'm going to just try to do a card line. So I started doing cards there. So since I was in toys a lot, I just did, um, children's cards Mm. but then I got bored you know like I hated them so I wanted to do my own thing so I started doing cards for all ages and you were doing these cards how watercolor right right is that how they started yes with ink Mm -hmm. I did watercolor and then I would ink you know I had ink lines with watercolor you know you know how you evolve and I was trying to print I printed, I was so poor. I printed at Kinko's. Mm-hmm. Mm, I went to the, you know, the paper wholesale place, bought giant, you know, pieces of paper and had them cut it down to the right size so that I could feed it through the Kinko's thing. And I bought one of those pink, well, mine was pink, a card score thing. Oh, yeah. I had to buy envelopes. I mean, I, I mean, I was basically teaching myself how to do it. So good. troubleshooting and they were you know very crude when I look at them I'm like oh my god um, but you know I don't know I feel like sometimes and it's like you were saying when you were just painting with the house paintbrush and the cheapest yeah. paints you could find I don't know sometimes the the less we know the fresher things are I think you know I it's just how I've always worked mm-hmm. um as a kid you know I kind of invent things so, I um, I was 
figuring it out, you know, in my little spare bedroom. So you wholesaled these cards to other stores. Yeah. The toy stores here yeah. in Seattle. Mm-hmm. That's oh, oh, and then sometimes in California, because I would go to toy shows where I would be set up in a booth with all the toys, right? That I was right. repping. And I put a little rack of cards in there and took orders, you know. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you just see like they're here. I have this captive audience. What else can I sell them? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I love how your inspiration is so very French and European, other other places as well. Did you start out painting toys or did you start out like you are now with sort of shop fronts and things like that? Oh, I made, I made little like chicken coops with ducks and chickens and, you know, now you are one, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday, chickadee and that kind of thing. Cute. Um, and um, I showed my cards to this other artist down in Dallas in the temps. And he said, are you French? And I go, no, he goes, your style is so French. Okay. So me who likes to pretend she's French, I pretend all the time. (laughs) I've been pretending for years, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, oh, French, French. This is like a whole new revelation. Yes, yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, my hashtag is I like to pretend I'm French. So, so good. And so I started dabbling around and painting objects. And then when I went, I went to Paris with a whole new look and started taking pictures of storefronts. And that's how the whole Frenchy thing evolved. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I love that. You know, that goes back into, I was, I was recording um, another friend recently and we were talking about how you know, you work, you do these things, we have to pay the rent or whatever. And we, or we do the things we think we're supposed to do because we went to architecture school or our parents wanted us to be a whatever. And then you have those moments of, but I love doing this. I wish I could do that. And then every once in a while you let yourself, you know, the world aligns and you can let yourself. And I imagine that was one of those, like, oh, I can paint these things that I love, which gives me an excuse to take, you know, to collect the pictures or the experiences or whatever. And, and people want that too. And, you know, before I did that, when I was like in architecture and raising my daughter and everything, I was do collage with magazines, Mm. you know, that's it. I would just do abstract collage and abstract, you know, quilts, you know, little baby quilts. I would do anything I could just I would I collected rocks and I put them in order you know I my gardening was always like anything I could get my hands on had to have like some sort of aesthetic to it I was kind of OCD in that way you know Mm, the mm. books everything because I didn't really have an outlet Mm -hmm. until I did that sales job down in Atlanta and I realized oh things can be sold yeah then with my cards, I thought, well, this is it, you know, I'll just do this. Not thinking I was an artist, uh-huh. that uh-huh. whole thing, you know, that whole thing. And then. That's um, so interesting because you were an architect, which is so, I mean, so do you think of yourself as an artist now? Much more so than an architect. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, when people say you're an architect, well, no. Not really. Well, it feels um, like your passion is more aligned. 
Yeah, I mean, there. Don't get me wrong. There was a time in my life where I did. I eat, live, breathe. You know, poo pooed architecture. It was my yeah, thing. Well, you kind of have to. And it took me after I got out of it. It took me a long time to even open up a design magazine. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to look at new houses. I just like no. But now I am more looking back. I mean, still, I'm just obsessed with houses. I can't stop it. But with art, I mean, to me, everything in my life is art. It's like spying beauty everywhere, you know, and in school, we had to take some artistic classes and read artistic books, like The Ways of Seeing by Berger. That book changed my life. And so from that day on, when I was 17 or 18, and I read that book, that's just kind of been my motto, you know, spying beauty. And I'm using it now, you know, much more in practice. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've had a creative practice my entire life, but now it's finally getting honed and I'm running into lots and lots of people who are craving their Mm -hmm. creative practice, no matter where they are, you know, it's like they go, I can't paint. I go, well, it's not about painting. Right. It's about seeing. It's about seeing. It's about just looking, taking the time to just, oh, let's Mm -hmm. look at that, you know? Mm. I love that. So you're doing something about that for yeah, people. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, it's kind of getting away from me because it's a giant task, but um, I, it's a passion though, too, I can tell. And it's something that you, it seems like completely ingrained in your, in your DNA. Well, See. I have to say for the last five, six years, since I've been baby Buddha, like out, yeah, you know, like, promoting myself. Um, Lots of creatives or people who are, are exploring, they go, you know, I just need a little push. I don't know what I want to do, but I want to do something. So I have little conferences, you know, in, in my studio or on the phone. We just, I mean, I help them. I set up their studios for them. I, I give them their names, you know, I would research, help them figure out what their name could be and Love that. what they could do, what could they could offer, you know, basically grooming them for business. Yeah. And um, I thought about four or five months ago, somebody said, you know, I need some help one-on-one. I don't need a workshop. Mm-hmm. I need some one-on-one. And so I have these creativity workshops where I just use watercolor as a medium to open people up. And I've been doing that for a few years. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll just do this, you know, man on the street. This is how you get, this is how you do it. And then, so that's on offer. And are you calling it spying beauty? Oh, you know, I have no idea what I'm calling it. Okay. But it's about, it's about. Well, this, this one course is like, just time with me, like consultation. Yeah. yeah. So my new course, I took, I, I'm doing a course. It's launching, I, I think mid August because awesome. I'm, I'm still writing it. Um, and I've changed it a little bit. Um, it's a course on creating your, well, putting together your creative practice. Oh, awesome. And it's going to be like a series of 14 little 14 or 16 little things like FaceTime exercises in a group, because Mm -hmm. I I think it's more exciting that way. And uh, about exploring your creativity and spying beauty. And just, even if you don't want to be a painter, just get your brush wet, let's do it. You know, 
Pick let's go out for a walk with me. Let's take a picture, you know, mm-hmm. and then let's, what are we going to do with that picture? Or whatever. Anyway. I love that too, though, because I feel like there are, I mean, you know, we, I love classes. There's so many good things on offer, but I think a lot of times people get stopped because they feel like they're not, and I'm going to air quote this ready yet, you know, to do that big thing. So I, I think if there's a, if they can feel that there's a place where they can do this with other people and it feels very safe, to just start, no matter if you've been creative forever, but you just want to be in touch with your own or yeah. you have a job and you just want to be, you know, better minded. Yeah. I love I mean, that, Tony. I've had real estate agents, plastic surgeons all tap my brain about, they just want to loosen up and then it create creates more magic in their business. Yeah, for sure. You know, and there's questions that you can, that will be asked of you, you know, like, you know, if you could choose any color to paint your house, if the neighbors didn't care, what color would it be? You know, things like that. Just to nice. like, oh. Because oh. that's real. That's something that any, all of us could be like, well, I could do that. I could pick a color. I And then you go through, well, I could pick the color that's recommended or what or, color would I pick? I mean, I mean, how long have I wanted a pink house, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Or when you see those, you know, now you and I are really brave. You know, we'll have that lime green door. Right. But my, you know, Mr. Berryman is not brave. We're going to have that <laughs> natural wood door, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. I love that, Tony. How exciting. Are you, are you exciting? Exciting. I am are, are you excited world. about this? Yeah, I am because it's an infinite uh, it topic. Yes. You know, there are infinite ways to tap your creativity or just like look at at your creativity practice, how to do um, just. Well, and it feels like you are thinking about your own path and and having fun, I imagine, coming up with these small exercises that are comfortable, like they're not scary, but they they I imagine add confidence and start you thinking a different way. That must be really fun to, to dream up. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, like I have props for myself as, as sort of a facilitator, like, you know, I have this blue pencil that I, 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 I'm giving away little clues on Instagram, you know, like see this blue pencil. Now this is what inspiration is. You know, I couldn't find a color for my doors. I looked at every blue paint chip at at the hardware store and brought them home got samples and then it was right in front of my very nose it was this blue pencil and i you know it's funny too because we tend to compartmentalize well i can speak for myself um (laughs) where like i am surrounded by color but i'm gonna go to the hardware store and look at the color chips right because that's what i'm supposed to do (laughs) instead of be like these are the paint colors these are the paint colors that you can choose. And it's like, well, I don't like that one. Why isn't there one there? I want one more like that blue pencil I have at home. Yeah. So I took my blue pencils down to the paint store and I go, make that color. Voila. Oh my and gosh. I'm over the moon. Oh, so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and things that bring you joy, you know, you know it. Yes. You have that feeling. You, it's the, you can tell there's a difference. Yeah. You can feel that sort of 
that like, you know, when you fall in love and you see your crush around the corner on the hallway, it's like, oh, I don't know if I could walk down that hallway. You know, he's standing by my locker. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, and your, your, um, your, your whole chest is like pins and needles. I'm like, oh my God, I'm sweating. And that's what I get with art. That's how I get when I spy a building or, you know, hello shoes. You know, yes. <laughs> I know. And, um, a good, beautifully put together, whatever it is, is yeah, just, just so exciting. So much joy and um, inspiration is a big deal for people. They they won't allow it. So no. you have to just open up and allow yourself to see and feel because all the senses are involved. So how do you tap into that? And how do you suggest others tap into that? I mean, I don't want to give away any of the course, but like, you know. Well, just everyday things like... Um, Instead of buying one lemon, I will buy eight or seven and put them in a bowl. Or I'll take, because, you know, I always have to have an odd number. It's more aesthetic. I'll take take the eighth lemon and put it in my pocket. Oh, wow. And then throughout my day, I'll smell it. I mean, I love a pet lemon. I mean, I do that probably. So cool. Yeah. And so. That's just a little way of, because your senses really, Mm -hmm. your sense of smell is the strongest memory. It's the strongest, it's like pheromones, you know, everything is there. So like I get inspired because I started buying fruit because I couldn't buy, I couldn't afford flowers. So that's how I stay inspired. I, I think of a way that it's practical and doesn't cost me a lot of money. And I've always been a scrapper, you know? Yeah. So that's how I stay inspired by spying beauty, like in the most mundane of places. But that's such a gift for yourself too. Like, I don't know how many of us after hearing you say that are going to go buy eight lemons and put one in our pocket. I am. But you're right. And it's allowing ourselves to go back to that place where we're scrapping, right? We're making do, but we're making, but we want something lovely. Like I, I, I am a collector of collections of things. Like I love eight lemons or seven to be, to be more precise, but I'm not going to buy. Well, I've had many collections of many things. I'm sure some of you are chuckling listening, but you know, I, one of my favorite things to collect right now, because it's very affordable are old brushes old funky they might be a paintbrush it might be a a brush that was used on a part of a street cleaner whatever but you line that collection of brushes down the hallway I don't have a hallway but if I did (laughs) (laughs) but you because then you find a, a funny little brush is two bucks but you put these things together and it's art it's art yeah yummy 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 mm-hmm yeah and I just have always been attracted to looking at things slightly differently. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I'm not a collection. And when I, I like, I go to Paris as often as I can. Love that. Or I go to Italy, Amsterdam, you know, places. And um, I, this is a very odd collection that I have, but I have a collection of gravel from everywhere. Oh my gosh. I love that. And so I have to see this. Um, you can't see it, but 
this is my collection of gravel. Tony's holding up this beautiful, thick ironstone, tiny little dish. Butter plate. dish. Yeah. Butter dish. And it has, it looks almost like white beans, but it's really beautiful little stones. Neutral tones. This is the new gravel that they put in the Carnavalet uh, Museum courtyard. Oh, wow. Um, that I go, oh my gosh, it's so fresh and clean. So I have to go in there. So I got a little table. I got my little drink. And then I ever so slightly <laughs> dropped my scarf, picked it up and picked up a little scoop of gravel, put it in my pocket. Yep. And then I brought it all the way home. So I have dishes of gravel in my house. Oh my um, gosh, Tony. <laughs> Love that. It's so cool. You know, I've, I know people have done that with sand from different beaches. One of my, you're reminding me of one of my favorite presents that I haven't thought about in a long time. Nick Hanslick, um, our Nichols cards, another card person. He went to Paris, his first trip to Paris. And he was my neighbor at the time. And his present back to me was a sugar cube or sugar packet from every cafe oh. they went to. And oh my gosh, that is the ultimate. It, I kept that sugar as long as the as long as I could, because everything's a slightly different color, but not a color you've ever seen on a sugar packet here. Yeah. Everything's a different shape. It's wrapped. It's a wrapped rectangle. It's a wrapped square. It's a tube. It's a, that. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. And the graphics. And it was just the most thoughtful, thoughtful thing. I am a packaging whore and I have a desk drawer full of sugar cubes from Europe, but I was going to show you one thing. One thing that you cannot get in this country is cute toothpaste. Cute? I mean, cute toothpaste. Oh, cute. No. Mm -mm, If you you go to Watson Kennedy, you can buy, you know, that, um, Watson Kennedy is a great store in in Seattle that we will link to because, oh my gosh, they have great taste. I always get inspired when I go in there. Um, But they have toothpaste called Mavis, Marvis, yes. Marvis, Marvis, and they have all the flavors and everything. Beautiful. And, you know, it's even hard to find when I'm over in Europe to find cute toothpaste. Yeah. So I was really mad. I'm mad about it. So I took my husband, well, my pretend husband, we're going to get married soon. Anyway, my pretend husband is he, he uses so much toothpaste that he buys the whole thing at Costco once a month. And <laughs> You know, so I always have toothpaste. So I took this tube of Colgate and I painted it with acrylic in silver. So it would look like the zinc toothpaste of yore, right? Oh my God. And then I had stickers that I had already made for my other things. So I put dentafrice or something on my, so I have like, you know, I just love this. Will you hold Uh, it up again? I'm going to take a picture so that, oh my gosh, that's so great. And so I thought, well, Robert, Robert Rauschenberg, he's, an, you know, he did ready-mades and um, that's where I got this idea because he would take cardboard and make collages out of them. And, you know, they're in the Museum of Modern Art. So with ready-made things and he would take mattresses and, you know, do all that stuff. So that's what I like to do. I like to take boxes. I turn them inside out. I paint them. Um so this toothpaste, I do that with toothpaste. Oh, and I do it with, where's my Kleenex? You know, that Costco Kleenex, I just paint it, paint it. Oh and gosh, I put Tony. like little labels that say weep, cry, dab, blow, you know? And I thought, well, 
would anybody ever buy this? I don't really freaking care. I have to have cute Kleenex in my studio. Well, somebody along the way who's highly corporate and has done all this, you know, consumer research thinks we need some, something that we don't have. And I, you know, and for, for so long, I traveled for so long now it's changed now, but I'm like, why is every suitcase coming off that plane black? Why yeah, yeah. now we finally have that different, but it's things like that where someone decides for us and that's just what we do. But you're saying, and again, every one of these is a great exercise in like just making your surroundings fit your mood you're in, like paint your Kleenex box, you know, paint your, <laughs> I have never thought about painting my toothpaste tube, but I will for the rest of my life. Think about that. I mean, I you know, I'll send this too, if you want it. Um, because <laughs> I, I think that I might, you know, I'm having a little pop-up sale at a storefront here on, on the hill, and I should probably paint a whole bunch of these and see see if people buy them. Of course, they would buy them. I mean, how much do you think? Five bucks? Oh, twelve. Yes, twelve. 12. Yeah. If for no other reason that you're like, look at this thing I bought, and you yeah. know, I I'm often very intrigued by artists who. Mm, I would like to insert a name now, but I have COVID brain and I can't remember it, but there's an artist, you know, just the simplest things. And you're like, Oh, why didn't I think of that beautiful, simple graphic or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think Tony, that's why, like, I want to sign up for that course. I want those little somebody, I feel like we get so wrapped up and we, we refine our thinking, right. Which, which kind of, we were touching on early earlier, you know, I know I've talked about this before, but I made wire chairs back in the day. And I wish I had those first three wire chairs because every time I bent that corner, I improved quote and air quotes again. Like I thought I was making it better, but what I was doing was getting more and more um, aware of how I, it was, I like things precise. So yeah. it was more and more precise and it took away, I mean, it, it took was, away the handmade craft of it. Still, or, or, I mean, it still was a wire chair, but, but it, but the, the it was never, of it was so raw. The yeah. naive, the naivete. Yeah it goes because you're perfecting yourself. So yeah. if you have a little reminder or you do something just for fun, that's where you start to, the play is there, you know, like you watch yeah. kids just, just take that and they grab the crayon, like in their whole fist. Right. Exactly. And they're just like, you know, and it's just bringing some of that play back. I think. Yeah. I mean, I feel it's just like when I paint these things, you know, I do layers and layers of paint and I come back and say, is it dry yet? And it's like, you know, will it work? Will the paint stick to, you know, I'm sanding a toothpaste tube and I'm going, I hope it sticks. You know, I'm just like the little kid in the garage again. Yeah. I love and that's that. what my studio is. It's like, I think bringing creativity should be play basically. Yeah. And that's what this course is. It's like exercises in play. Therefore, you can like then go out into your life and then things will open up. Things will open up. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and I, I guess that's sort of the feeling I like we interact. You've been part of the, the relish group. So I, I've been able to interact and listen to you. And, and you always have something interesting to say, but you're one of those people that I'm like, I want to talk to her more like so intrigued your website is so charming and 
well done and it doesn't look like everybody else's like you use a font that's just you want to read more the way just the way you say things and the things you've chosen to have in baby buddha and just all of it it just feels to me that you come through you tony comes through and like i don't want to do this like somebody else i want to do it like myself and you and you are figuring that out as it comes to you and i, I it really comes well, across thank you for that because again my website is like painting the toothpaste. I mean, I don't have a lot of money, you know, I, I just, I don't have a money for a web designer. I don't know Photoshop that well. I don't know how to do, I'm not a graphic designer. So I don't know that stuff. So I have to go in and jury rig everything. I mean, I just make it work and make it pretty, you know, which from architecture, it's like, okay, just make it work and make it pretty. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. get it done. Well, and I, it would be interesting to, you know, on an, uh, another long day when we're sitting together painting uh, toothpaste tubes to, to hear your thoughts about how your architecture training trickles over into your creativity. Many, many, many ways. Yeah, I'll bet. Especially yeah. doing the Lilla Rogers courses. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you're, it, I mean, you are so trained, right? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, a lot of times I just kind of glaze over, you know, because oh, no, I know how to do it <laughs> like mm -hmm. a know-it-all, but I do know how to do a lot of stuff just because I can compartmentalize. I know how to project manage. And so that's why I can manage all these balls, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, well, when you, yeah. when you've had to, and you're working with a city and a, you know, a, a, yeah, all those very strict 42 cool. inches, seven inches, you know, um, you have to know that. So it's nice to free it up a little bit too. I love that. So as we said before, we could probably talk for hours because I'm so fascinated by all I mean, the I'm sure we're like over. <laughs> there's no over. There's okay. no there's no limit. But I would love to know who's inspiring you. My answers are very interesting because what spurred me to keep going on as an artist, even though I wasn't fitting into the little Rogers school of of selling your art <laughs> was Myra Coleman. Yeah. Because she wasn't exact. Mm -hmm. Everything she drew, I mean, I draw very similarly. Um, and her uh, journalistic point of view is very the, much the way I kind of talk in my head and things. Mm -hmm. So I'm a lot of people relate to her, but I really, she resonates with me just down to where- I love her work so much. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen her at a book thing and, uh, you know, and we dressed the same at her book thing. I mean, we are very kind of similar. It's scary. Um, so she really is inspiring to me because, you know, she lost her husband early and she kept on going. They made, they manufactured watches and clocks and all these cool things. And then she just wrote these she told things the way it was. It was like journalism. And that's what she thinks. She is a, a picturesque journalist. Yeah, because um, her art is fantastic. Yeah, I like that. So just her point of view and because her style is very similar to mine, um, I just never tire of her for inspiration. That's so well said. I, I don't think I would ever tire of her. And she is. She's you don't wonder what she thinks, you know, and, and, and she does, but she does it in such a, you want to know more, you know, yeah, visually. Like, and let's turn the page. 
Yeah. You yeah. want to turn the page. You I mean, want to turn the page. And she's yeah. so normal. She's such a normal person. You know, um, I emailed her and she emailed me back. I emailed oh. her about some course in Italy she was teaching. And she and I go, I can't find the price. I don't know what. And she goes, well, it's this much, but there's cooking involved. I go, well, that I'm sorry. Can't do it. <laughs> I'm just there for you. I don't want to learn how to cook. I'm, I, I like to eat. But, you know, that's bad. She goes, oh, yeah. Well, if you're ever in New York, seriously, let's get together. I go, okay. So I would be on the train, you know, because I don't take cabs. I'm in the train from the airport going, hello, Myra. Tony here. Blah, 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 blah. And she writes back, Tony, I'm not home. I'm in L.A. You know? Oh, my gosh. She goes, because we're going to take a walk and blah, blah, blah. So I stopped bugging her because, <laughs> you know, it's like. I'm, you it, need to keep that you know let her know when you're coming next time yeah but anyway <laughs> i'm gonna bug you no i really she's like a you know a lot that's very cool that's very cool okay so give me another one well this is a household name john darian you know but i don't think anybody said maybe one other person has said that why not i love john darian because he's a retailer well, but, and an artist. that's what they think, but right. no, no, no. He started off doing these collage things. Yeah. And somebody said, Hey, I'll buy that. Oh, you're kidding. You're going to buy this. Yeah. You know? And I love that. He just loved the, the vintage papers and he just cut things out. Just, you know, he's I, another I, visionary. He's another, like, I'm just doing it my way. And his way happens to be phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, genius, you know, it's like, Oh my God. And he's very, very nice. He's a nice guy and everything about it, just the way he crafts his whole business. Now I don't want to be John Darian. I want to be baby Buddha, Yeah. but I think my business and what I do as you know, I'm not just a card person. I like buy things. I sell them. I do that in my little gift shop thing. And it's like, I curate what I want and I make what I can't buy. And, and I just like living in my own little world and it's the baby Buddha world, you know, wonder, imagination, kindness. I mean, you know, and people love it. They just like, and I think I, I, I love it too. So. And, like and to you're inspired by people who are doing the same in their own way. You in know? their own way. I think right. it, it, it gives me courage. Because your other person who was inspiring you was um, the that French store, Marin Marin Montagu, I think. Yeah, and he's a young bloke, um, very charming, enchanté, if I may. And um, he is a little illustrator. He's an, like a big illustrator, and I found him at um, Les Bon Marché. Same, I did too, because I was there for. Maison. So did you come home then and were inspired by his work? Or did you find yes, the store? And I created a whole new line of notebooks that are going to, which I haven't launched, <laughs> but I will. And then handmade notebooks, like not produced in a store, you know, oh, in wow. a plant, but uh, th more on that later. But um, then I went to a shop. He has a shop now. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the whole thing is like, okay. If I was a jealous person, I'd probably set it on fire. I mean, <laughs> I, he has, it's just crammed with stuff of his stuff, plus other things. I mean, in his style, I mean, it's not right. my style, 
but oh inspiring nonetheless inspiring because he is doing products and he's buying and he's set it up and he just doesn't care he's a phenom over there yeah you know one of the things that i think is so inspiring about traveling to somewhere you haven't been before whether it's you know wherever you are it's seeing be portland totally be Portland. You know, it could be the next town over, but you're seeing something that you haven't seen. It's somebody taking something and doing it their way. Mm -hmm. And, um, for those of us who have been to every gift show for years, I, for a long time, I felt like I didn't see anything new, but it would be going to, of course, another country has the, the, they could say the same because they've been, but, Mm -hmm. but when you haven't seen that, another experience for me was going to, um, the gift show in Japan, because it was huge. And I had, there was so little that I had seen before. And it was so refreshing and so delicious because, you know, I think my ears would bleed if I went there. (laughs) It was fabulous. Oh my gosh. My head would just explode. And it was a work trip. You know, I'm, I'm very, I say this like I'm doing it lightly, but I I'm highly appreciative for the experiences I've had. Because oh, I need to traveling for work is the best. It is the best. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, more affordable it, as long as that you're not in a boardroom. I mean, you know, well, there's that. the gift show is like, and then going out to dinner in a different town. I mean, it's fun. It is fun. It is fun. It's grueling. You know, now, we were talking about that earlier. You know, I think so many people um, think, oh, I want to be an illustrator and I want to license my work, but there's a lot of ways which you have demonstrated to, to use your creativity and find a lot of reward in, in doing it in different ways. You know? Well, I realized that I was not on the path to licensing. I just didn't have the, the chops or the time to get the chops to do it. Yeah. Um, and so I decided to just, well, why can't I just make my own stuff? I mean, you can, you can. and so I am. Yeah. You know, why not? So, so where can we find you? Babybuddhastudio.com dot com or um on Instagram, baby Buddha Studio. Awesome. So you can go there and find Tony's cards. You can find out about our classes and you can see just the most gorgeous, wonderful, curated collection of things that you've pulled together from all over the place. And just because you ask, like you were saying that there's that French company that had, which one was it? The one with the, um, the, cone, the cones. Yeah. The art, the surprise cones. Yes. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just love it. Cause it feels like when I go look at your shop, it looks to me, I feel like I'm discovering something through your eyes because you found it and you found a way to buy a few and bring them home. You know, that's what mm-hmm. it feels like. It's very cool. Yeah, and I'm going to Europe again, September. I'm going to England and France and I'm pulling, I'm shopping. Nice. I'm real excited to like, you know, not big shopping, like send a container home, but objet. Nice, lucky. (laughs) Little trinkets. Well, I will post pictures so I can live vicariously through you. Oh, well, maybe I will. (laughs) Thank you so much, Tony, for just... um, your point of view and your wisdom and your, your, you know, your 
just your joy around it all. I love it so much. Oh, thank you for letting me blab. It's just, you know, it's fun to talk shop. It is fun to talk shop. And I think, again, like you said, it's about seeing and it's about letting yourself just not be so serious about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, people curb themselves. They rein themselves in. And I think you need to let it out a little bit. Okay. There's a good goal. We'll all go let it out a little bit. Come join me. Come join me. I'm going to go buy some lemons. Better than flowers sometimes. It sure is. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Margo. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.